what are we not giving to God that is going to get us to not go into heaven? He said, when you do these things, you'll make it. You'll, you'll, you'll be, you're doing the right stuff. You're doing my commandments. You're living my life. But this one thing I need you to give up. And he was unable to give up that one thing. Hey, I'm Amani. And this is Elijah. And this is the Deeper Waters Podcast by Pascalis Bros. Diving right into the waters right here. <laughs> so essentially, we are here to give some sort of Gen Z Bible study, you could say, where we are here as Gen Zers, and we are here to come to you and bring God's word. We are Gen Zers. We were, we're, we're told off that we're stupid, and <laughs> we might just be validating that point right now. But anyways, going into what we were looking at earlier, we're just trying to follow that same call to be fishers of people or what we believe disciples. Simply, you could call us Piscatas Rose. What does Piscata mean? If you actually look at it, Piscato is the Spanish word for fish. And we wanted to create a name for being disciple makers, being fishers of men, and fishy dudes did not sound good. <laughs> There's a difference between fishing as a lifestyle and fishing as a hobby. And when you're living to be a disciple maker, you're pushing yourself, but when you push yourself so much, sometimes you'll you'll eventually get to that state where you, where you just start doing it. What, what, what would really happen if we, if we were wrong? Nothing. But if we were wrong in the other way, man, what, what, what would that life be like? 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 Welcome back to the Deeper Waters Podcast. At this point, we have been a couple weeks, I mean, we're a couple days in, but when this will be released, a couple weeks into the new year. And many of us, we talk about New Year, New Me, and our New Year's mm. resolutions or goals. I've, I've seen actually a trend <laughs> on social media. People like, I don't like to use the word resolution, but goal, because I can miss that <laughs> or something. Like that. <laughs> but some of us, we may be still going strong at this point, but some of us, we may have slowly started peeling back on our diet plans. I know I, mm. one of my goals this year was to try to be more plant-based. It's going good three days Lord in. help him. Um, but I know it's going to be a challenge because I was sitting here and I was sitting there in the new year and I went to the fridge and I was like, wait a second. I was like, there's a lot of stuff that has dairy in it. <laughs> like, yeah. a lot of stuff. And I was scrolling through social media, like all those food videos that I would save. So I might try to cook it later. And I'm like, yeah. man, there is milk and cheese and a lot of stuff. I was like, man, this is going to be a little bit of a challenge. But... <laughs> Oh, is, is it worth it? Is it worth what? Mm. It, it's a part of the plan. And just tying this into one idea that Elijah and I talked about a couple of weeks ago was when it comes to salvation mm -hmm. and being a disciple, as this is the theme of our podcast, when we disciple yeah. the people, there's one major thing that we overlook all the time, and that is the cost. Mm. I know a lot of times people say that salvation it's a free thing and you know to come to jesus is a mm -hmm. free thing and in a way it mm -hmm. is in a way i guess yeah. you could say it's free because we didn't have to do anything yeah to earn it but we mm -hmm. we still have a debt to pay to the spirit and this is something that i think that 
is something that's overlooked and it's important. I can see why we do it. I think we do it with good conscience. But yeah. this episode, we really want to focus on what is the cause that we need to mm-hmm. count before we enter into this Christian life and even <laughs> before we enter into anything else within our life. So yeah. just starting with Luke Absolutely. chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. And it says, starting with verse 25, a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. Your mother, your father, your mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> All right. That's a lot. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, Mm. you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. Then everyone will laugh at you. Then what they say would say there's a person who started that building over there and couldn't afford to finish it or Mm. what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss if his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against them and if he can't he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away so you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Mm. So, and there, there's a lot to unpack. And I know even as I was reading over this again, it's just really interesting how it mentions from the very beginning, if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. And it's interesting because, you know, when you think of that, it's like, oh, but aren't we supposed to love everyone? That, <laughs> yeah. In a sense, we still have to, be willing to give everything else up. And yeah. If God is our ultimate priority, we will already be serving mm. other people. But when yeah. saying this, we we are not serving. I mean, of course, you still need to mm. honor your mother and father, but you're not mm-hmm. here to do just their bidding. You're not here to just serve your wife. Now, obviously, you know, if you're married and you're listening to this podcast, that's still a priority. And we still yes. have instruction <laughs> towards that. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. Are you willing to give up everything and invest into what God has you here to do? Now, there's an order of things there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if we don't save ourselves, for one, and if yeah. we don't lay our life down as a sacrifice, mm-hmm. then we're really not willing to give everything to Christ. And that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, it's when God's talking about here, it's, it's really about your willingness to do these things. It's not saying you are going to hate them and, and every action you're going to do these things, but are you willing to do and lay these things aside? Are you willing to say, you know what? I have all these things, but I need to serve God more important than to them. You're not always going to be asked to do this. Maybe you're not asked to give up something that someone else is asked to give up, but are you willing to be able to give that up? You should be willing to give anything in your life up for God. Yes. That kind of reminds me of Thinking about, I've been reading through, I just finished Genesis. I'm going on a street, like I'm going on a bottom marathon. So I just finished Genesis. (laughs) And it kind of reminds me when you are reading about Abraham and his son Isaac. God Mm -hmm. 
it, it says many times in the Bible, God doesn't actually just want a sacrifice. He wants your willingness to sacrifice. So you may mm-hmm. or may not actually have to give it all up. But he was willing up until the moment where he about killed his son and sacrificed. When God was like, stop, yeah. you've proved that you're willing. <laughs> I have a sacrifice yeah. for you. But it wasn't the sacrifice that he was looking for. There's many times in the Bible where it says he's not looking for a sacrifice, but a contrite heart. You know, a willing heart, mm-hmm. a willing heart that's willing to give yeah. up all. So you may have to give up all, but some of us, you know, we may say we want to give it up all up, but we're not actually mm-hmm. willing to do that. So sometimes he may yeah. require it from you, but sometimes he just wants to see if you're actually willing. How far are you willing to go? And mm-hmm. just throughout the rest of this verse, it gave two different situations, which I know we hit on it a couple episodes ago, I believe it was special delivery, but talking about counting the cost, counting the cost from building a building, counting the cost before you go to a battle. It's, it's something that mm-hmm. can be applied to every aspect of life. If you really don't pay attention to all the pros and cons, I know a lot of times, even with starting this podcast, this podcast did not come about out of nowhere. This podcast came out of a year exactly. of planning before we mm-hmm. even recorded the first episode. So yeah, you have to make sure that you are willing to not just have the rose colored glasses on. That might be nice and dandy when you have your thinking cap on and your imagination on. Mm-hmm. But then after you think about your grandiose plan, you have to make sure, is this realistic? Is the, is the dream able to become a reality? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if God gives you a dream, you know, anything is possible. However, we need to be prepared for yeah. if there is pushback. Not saying you want to believe for the best. But you need to be prepared for the worst at all times. And I think this is one thing that this encapsulates very well for all aspects of our Christian life. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and in my own personal life, I love how they talk about that. Um, the man that built his house and did not um, plan for this. And he didn't plan for that. And it was... And they said, look at them, the one, the person that doesn't have that. And there's a funny story that I have where um, I used to work construction and my job was to go and, and build stuff for people. I did, did a lot of different things. But one time um, there was a story we heard. I was talking with Joe and we were just talking about stories, the things we built. And he told me this story. He said one time he was working on, a, on someone's bathroom. They had this big, grand bathroom. It was a beautiful place, but they didn't like their window. Their window um, – was just just an old generic window. They wanted a stained glass window. They wanted this nice, beautiful window to go in their bathroom, right above their tub. It was as long as their tub. It was just huge. They cut it out to be huge and grand. They go and they put the window in, and for some reason, they could not finish the costs. They could not pay the gentleman enough to finish the whole job. So he had to stop the job. And so they have the nice, grand, beautiful window in, and then the weather was able to get around it. The, he did the best he could with the money he was given and said, I'll come back when you give me the rest of the money. And this was right before the winter season came. The winter season came and the weather eventually got through in their house. And like the amount of damage that happened because that they did not finish the thing, they had to buy a whole new window and it was crazy. All the, It ended up costing triple the amount it was going to cost in the first place to fix everything that happened because they weren't patient enough. They weren't ready. They didn't count the cost that they were going to have to pay. And it ended up making it so it was worse. The cost became worse because they were unable to do what they were said they had to do. They were unable to pay the cost. And that's kind of – I love how it kind of correlates with that story of building a house. I like that. But it's true. It costs something. 
That's everything costs something. Everything costs something. Yeah. But this is the ultimate thing to get. It's heaven. It's it's the greatest thing that you're ever going to receive. And yet so many times we just play around with it. And like that situation, they played around with it and they did not get it. And it was worse for them. Do we want to make it to where we're not paying that thing? We're not paying what we need to be paying for God. And then we don't make it to heaven. I don't want to take that chance. I don't want to make it to where or in life where you went so far away from the cross that now it's going to cost you more to give up because you've gained too much of the world. I don't want that either, where it's going to make it harder for me to give up things to be able to go to heaven. Yes, and so, I know one man, thing I've been feeling too as another New Year's resolution is I'm trying to be a mm-hmm. little bit more minimalistic. You know, not for no reason. I'm not saying that that's going to last forever. But yeah. I know just with that, you know, the less you have, for one, the more there is to be grateful for. But two, it's like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't want to get a mindset of being materialistic, whether that be with clothes or with items, of furniture, and all sorts of different mm-hmm. things, decor, all that. It's, getting into that mindset that this life for one is vanity so but the thing is even though it says that multiple times throughout the bible especially in ecclesiastes read through that you'll realize this life is not really anything except to serve christ so Hmm. with that when you have that in mind it i I know a lot of people say that's a depressing book but i beg to disagree i beg to differ Mm. because Mm -hmm. when you have that realization that makes you realize the only thing worthwhile in this life is to prepare for the next and to prepare as many people outside of Christianity and outside of those people who have a Christian walk and have a relationship with God. You want to prepare yourself, but you also want to bring others. So then your life still has purpose. But when you lose this life, whether you die or you're about to get taken up in the rapture or whatever Mm -hmm. way you go out, or maybe you'll be like Elijah and get taken up by a chariot Hopefully not like an iron chariot, mm-hmm. like a car, but <laughs> you get taken yeah. up <laughs> uh, <laughs> or whatever happens. However you go out, you'll look forward to that day. So, mm. you know, it's not to go about this life without joy and be, oh, this life means nothing. And I'm, I'm just so low. No, it's not mm-hmm. about that. But it's the willingness to have a proper yeah. understanding that there is so much more in the Bible. It says there's so many things in heaven that we're not even able to understand yet. We can't even comprehend how good some things are. And th- that's why, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know we were, I was in a Bible study the other day and we were talking about just creation and the angels and humans. And I know mm-hmm. one thing we talk about a lot is how angels don't have free will. I know a lot of people really believe that idea. I personally haven't seen that idea in the Bible, but it does mention in the Bible that there is something different about us as humanity. And it's not the fact that we have free will, but it's the fact that we are able to choose God without knowing the mm-hmm. fullness of God. Satan, Lucifer, he knew the fullness of God. He knew how grandiose he was. And instead of wanting to continue to worship him, he wanted to be him. So now, mm. you know, I'm not saying this is the only reason why we're here. This is a side note. Yeah. But now we are on this earth and we are proving a point to God and to Satan. Even Job was a prime example of that. The whole book of Job is a prime example of we can have it all and we can have it all taken away. And either way, we still don't know God for the fullness of his goodness. But yet... Mm-hmm. There's some people out there. There's a lot of people out there that are still willing to choose them and have faith in God and willing to give up everything to serve them. 
that is something that the angels can't do because the angels already know. Mm-hmm. The angels already have their glory. Yeah. And that's what makes yeah. us different than angels. But it's just mm. really understanding that cause. And there's there's so much to break down and examine. But Elijah, if you can go ahead and read the next yeah. verse here. Yes, this is a, a bit of a lengthy passage, but it, it suits so well with this. And it's Romans 8, um, 1 through 27. And it starts and says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the living of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his only son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sins controlled over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that just requirement, so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting our sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting The spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life, because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives inside of you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. And for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father, for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share His suffering. Yes. Uh, Yet what we suffer... Real quick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Real quick. Um, I know this is a longer passage, but it all will apply to the point. So I just wanted to interject mm-hmm. here. We could already see all already that there is a lot to unpack within this chapter, but it all goes back to life in the spirit and life mm-hmm. outside of our sinful nature. It says that we at one point were indebted to the law. We were indebted to this flesh. But that's what the spirit frees us from. The spirit frees us from our sinful nature that automatically is not going to serve 
God. It's phrases from a nature, mm-hmm. and He yeah. is willing to, in place, adopt us into Him. That's why it says we must be born again, because we mm-hmm. are being born again. We we have two natures now that we have to put one into subjection and to serve God. That's why it says you have to even Absolutely. hate yourself in that last scripture we read. Mm-hmm. You have to even hate yourself and to put. We are, we're no longer obligated to follow our flesh. We're not obligated to follow after every lust and every temptation. Without the spirit, yeah. we weren't strong enough to do that. But now mm-hmm. we're not obligated to follow our obligation when we feel, oh, we need to, I need, I'm feeling lustful right now. So I, I need to do this or watch this or I, I, I'm feeling mm-hmm. sad right now. So I have to get a drink or I have to go take some drugs or smoke this or do this or that. No, we no longer mm-hmm. are obligated. When you have the spirit living inside of you, which is why it's so important that you receive the Holy Ghost, you are no longer indebted to that. You no longer have any obligation as verse 12 states, but through the death of Jesus Christ, it puts the death, the debt, the deeds of your sinful nature. Mm. And that's yeah. where we become the spirit. We're children of the spirit of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and going on and finishing, it says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with a eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of the future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our final rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies as he has promised us. We are given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows that the Spirit is saying and the spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. I love that kind of where we stopped that because it really does it talks about what we're receiving from God and how with the spirit we have that but now it's talking about the future what will we get and it talks about how we don't have we 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 ourselves grown for God because if we are given the hope if we already have it then what would we be here for? If we already had what we were looking for, whether we wouldn't need God, but we are here and we are groaning and we're waiting patiently and confidently for God because we know that we serve an an amazing father and he knows us. And then it talks about how the spirit uh, will pleads for us in harmony with God's and well, I think that's beautiful representation there, how it pleads with God and for us in harmony with it, with what he wants for us. And I, and I think that's so beautiful. Yes. And it's, it's a big trade off at the end of the day. We, like you said, I really like how he mentioned that we don't have hope. We don't have faith for no reason. I believe faith 
part of the reason why we have faith. It comes from hope, too. Faith, we have a lot of faith for things that are going to happen here, but at the end of the day, our hope is not for something that we already have. Our hope is for something Mm -hmm. that we have yet to have experienced. As we mentioned earlier, we're looking forward to heaven. We're looking forward to a better life. Mm -hmm. But for now, we have, we're not, we're not focused on this earth. That's why we have to be willing to give it all up. I know in different translations, for example, in the KJV, it says we're not debtors to live after the flesh. Kind of how I mentioned earlier, we're not indebted. We don't have to Mm -hmm. obey the urges. We're not in debt. But mm-hmm. instead, we need to serve the Spirit. We need to be following after Jesus. That's who we owe now. That's what we need to put all of our effort into. And I know I've listened to a couple different sermons recently just talking about, you know, how going to Christ isn't always going to be free. I know I listened to a sermon yeah. and even saw some different comments and different other sermons. And they were like, you know, for me, to come to Christ was not free. I had to give up thousands of dollars of DVDs because, you know, back in his day, you know, now we're fortunate we get Spotify and Apple Music and we don't have to pay for streaming as much. Like, we just pray a little bit. But back then, you know, you had to, and I know some people, you know, may actually have some CDs. I know I only had CDs for about the first couple of years of my life, maybe the first mm-hmm. five, eight years. And then after yeah. that, we really started to shift to Pandora, to Spotify, Etc. Yeah, but you know, they had to give up thousands of dollars worth of CDs. They had to give up a mm. pound of crack. They have to pound, and that stuff is expensive. Mm-hmm. But it's not good for you anyway. That's the thing. There is still a cost, mm. but you don't need some of the stuff. You know, it may you may not need it, and some of the stuff is just playing out bad for you. But there still is a cost. You yeah. still have to be willing to give that up. You can't. I know there's so many people I see that are Christian who claim the Christian title, and they say they have a form of godliness, as the Bible says, but they don't have any power. They don't have any power to overcome mm. what they're smoking or to change, to actually manifest that change. Yeah. But we have to submit to the Spirit. And there is ultimately going to be a change. That's why we've talked about repentance a lot on this podcast as well. Repentance is not a lifestyle. Of repentance is not a lifetime of sorrow. It's a lifetime of submission. It's a lifetime of change. It's a lifetime of becoming as close to Christ. We'll never be able to be just like Jesus, but yeah. we can do the best every day to get closer, to continually change and to become closer. And I know that goes right into the next verse. Romans 12, 1 through 4. And starting with verse 1, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will mm. learn that then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Do not think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each have a special function. So I know in another mm. translation too. 
when it says, this is truly the way to worship him. It also, in the King James, it says, this is your reasonable service. This is, mm. this is the bare minimum. Yeah. To have, yeah. To be holy and set apart. That means, you know, it, I know me and Elijah, we're personally apostolic, but it's not just about mm-hmm. some sort of form of clothing or looking a certain way. I know it, yeah. it talks about in the Bible not to glory in your appearance. So, yes, it may be manifest in your clothes, and I think that's an important thing. But ultimately, it's yeah. much deeper than that, because I know a lot of people mm-hmm. that, you know, may look holy. They may look a certain way, but they're not willing to give up anything. They're not willing to be a living sacrifice. That's what God mm-hmm. really wants. He didn't want a dead sacrifice. It's dead and gone. Yeah. He wanted you to continually Absolutely. serve them, to continually give up. I know the more I've prayed over time, the more convictions have come to me. And I'm not saying this how it's you know anybody's going to ever have the same exact conviction however Mm -hmm. as you come closer to christ you have to give some stuff up but you get stuff back that's the thing but some people because they can't see it and they don't have a mind that's based on the spirit they have a mind that's based on the carnality they can't see what you're getting in return but like it said here don't copy the behaviors and the customs of the world but let god transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect it, it requires a change it requires for us to give up our old ways to give up the ways of the world and to give up conformity I know that's hard in this world to not be to be something different to really truly stand out that's a lot that you have to put on the mm-hmm. line but that's just kind of the kind of what we have to do and I absolutely I know um there's actually a verse in Second Corinthians five that kind of affirms this as well. It says we are longing, um, longing for the clothing of the next life and not for this mortal life. And it says that we must not live for ourselves, but to be reconciled unto him because he died for us. We mm-hmm. accept it by living for him. We are charged frequently to invest our efforts into new things when we come to Christ. And like I said here, when you have your mind focused on things of the spirit, you're not looking at, oh, I'm just you're just wasting all that time getting up early in the morning and praying. You're wasting all that time just reading the Bible. Like that's cute, but I can just do whatever I want. But mm. that's not when you have that mindset, yes, it's stupid. If you're living and you mm-hmm. you think you truly only live once, that means something different to a Christian and to a non Christian because to yeah. a non-Christian who doesn't believe there's anything else after that, you're going to be so invested in this world that you don't want to give anything else. But to the Christian, it's like yeah. you only live once until the next life. You can die. Yeah, I actually. You can die. I saw twice. this thing. It was uh, you, you, YOLO ATH. You only live once and then either heaven or hell. It's it's that that's the, what the Christian believer says. It's Yolo ATH, and so you live this one life. Yes, we we see it as living one life, but when which age are we going to? Which place are we going to go to? At the end of that saying, that saying right there, which one are we going to? And the life we live in that one life here on Earth, it will will 
be the deciding factor on where we go. Yeah, so that's what the focus is. It's not just heaven. It's mm-hmm. it says this is what our this is what our flesh is like. What's inside of us? This is what the earth is groaning for. This is what all of us mm-hmm. are groaning for. It's something better because even the people who get the whole world, they lose control over their body. They lose control over the soul because yeah. of how many demonic influences they've opened up themselves up to. But also, even yeah. if you had it all, and even if you didn't have to deal with all the demonic stuff, you still—that's mm-hmm. it. That is literally it. But we are growing yeah. for a new clothing, as Second Corinthians five talks about. It talks about a new yeah. clothing. That is a new body. Mm-hmm. That's a new heavenly body. Mm-hmm. This is what we are working to earn in the next life. A new clothing, one that doesn't lust to do what we know is bad. It doesn't lust to oh, let's smoke a cigarette. Oh, let's eat this food that's junk. I know mm-hmm. we overlook gluttony all the time. But that's a yeah. big sin that almost everybody goes commits. Almost everybody. We don't even think about it because we can eat, yeah. but there's eating too much. But mm-hmm. it's just little basic things that we won't desire to do anymore. That's what we're investing in. So, yes, right now we have to put ourselves into discipline to do that. But one day we're mm-hmm. going to be in a body that's never going to experience hurt anymore. We're never going to have to experience that. But there's a cost. Mm. You still have to be willing to live right before you get that. Yeah, absolutely. And really, when I think about the cost, there's multiple people in, in the Bible that it kind of talks about that and leads into a story. But the best one I, f- I feel like is is when the rich man talks to Jesus. And that's that's found in um, Matthew chapter 19. Um, and where my thing set off, it starts in, in, in 16. It leads into this story. But we'll go from there. It says, someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher. What good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all of these commandments, the young man replied, but what else must I do? Jesus told him, if you wanted to be perfect, go and sell all of your possessions. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to the disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God everything is possible. Then Peter said to him, We've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon the glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important 
will will now will be the greatest then man it it is um this story is really powerful to me because it really shows you and, and describes in, in a story like thing where it's saying because we always say that people have the greatest power will be the least in heaven the greatest will be the least and as, as this says but to really get into representation this man was following those commandments that god had given him and he and he gave him two more commandments he said first thing you need to do sell everything and give that money up second thing you need to do follow me now if he would have just told that man follow me would he have done it maybe maybe not i don't know if that was the commandment that he really struggled with but i'll tell you this when he was told give up everything you have that was hard for him because he had so much and what are we like today this man had a lot and he had he had a lot i mean he he is known in the bible as as the rich man that came to god and so what are we not giving to god that is going to get us to not go into heaven he said when you do these things you'll make it you'll 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 be you're doing the right stuff you're doing my commandments you're living my life but this one thing i need you to give up and he was unable to give up that one thing what one thing do we have in our lives is it is it drugs is it alcohol if it's not that those serious of a thing, is it just I'm spending too much time on my phone? I wake up in the mornings and I'm on Instagram and then I go to school and I'm on Instagram or I go to work, but I still spend my time on social media and Facebook. And by the end of the day, I go and by the end of the week, you're looking at how much screen time you spent and you spent more time on your phone looking at social media in some way than you've done anything else in your entire day throughout that week you look back and you go wow i've spent so much time on this device that i've not spent any time really comparatively in in the presence of god i feel like that that is so happens so much with the phones but it's not just phones anything you put your time in we spend so much of our day doing other things yet we go oh i'll give at least a few minutes to god but God wants your time. Giving a few minutes, that's good to start with, but we, we, we'll go into a complacent state where we go, oh, I'll just give a few minutes. But you keep giving a few minutes and now you're not really – it's not a sacrifice anymore because it's always just 10 minutes. It's always just a, a couple of minutes and then maybe I'll read a chapter a day or, or I'm going to go read my Bible plan to read the Bible in a year. And you go and you read that. But you just read it to read it. You read it to say at the end of the year, I got a certificate. I think it's great to read your Bible through. I think that's amazing. And I've done it so many times. But are you doing it just to mark something off? Or are you doing it to actually dive into God's word? And I think it's just so important. We give up so many things. And I love uh, this. This version's a little bit different reading it in NLT, but it's a lot better to understand. But when it talks about it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. It, I love that example so much. And, I, and when I was a kid, I always thought that was weird. I was like, what? That is, that is the strangest thing. Like, why does it even say that? But it, that, that's the whole point is that it, it, it is a little bit weird, but that's the whole point. It's impossible for that to happen. It's saying just as much it is impossible for a rich person because they're going to love their things so much. And we need to make sure that we're not living like this rich man that was unwilling to give up this one thing. He was living a good life. It doesn't say he was a bad person. He was living the commandments. He was doing what God said. When he said, I do all those things, God's like, that's amazing. But just do these, just do this. And he couldn't give up that one thing. It wasn't that he was a bad person, but he wasn't able and willing to give up something for God.
Yes, that cost, that cost, that cost. Mm-hmm. And I know he just mentioned again the eye of a needle. I know some people might say that this was an actual place. Um, mm. I'm, I don't, I haven't looked too much into that where camels would have to duck below and try to get under. But here's the thing: mm. whether that was a literal place or he literally meant and a camel to go through an eye of a needle. Yeah. Yeah. Through without the spirit of God living inside of us, that's completely impossible. It's completely impossible. And when he was mm-hmm. reading this, there's a couple things that really just kind of flashed at me. And mm-hmm. especially when he was talking about like just it's hard for a rich person. When I heard that and heard what this was about, to me I kind of saw this in a different light because I always thought, oh, if you're genuinely rich, if you actually have a lot of money, you know, if you have bands, you know, if you have a Maserati, yeah. in the, you know, you, yeah, you know, or something like that, you know, that's what, yeah. when, when he was yeah. reading that, and especially just looking at the disciples' response, he, it says the disciples were astounded. They said, who can in the world can be saved? Mm. When, when he read that, I kind of interpreted this a different way for the first time. I don't mm. think rich is rich. I think rich isn't rich in this passage. As mm. in rich being wealthy. Like money. I wealthy, think yeah. rich in this passage really was focused on how much you have in this world. Because mm. you may not have a lot of money, but you may yeah. have a lot of music Materials, that's bad. Yeah, music, yeah. You might not have a lot of money, but you may have a lot of maybe even friends that are bad. You may have a lot mm-hmm. of things because it's not all money. It's not all money. It's mm-hmm. to sell all your possessions. Your yes. possessions. It's not just everything you have. Yeah, money. And I know, especially one thing about that's really bad with our generation, which I know, me and Elijah have talked about how you know things are starting to slowly mm-hmm. go virtual and everything slowly. They're even selling virtual real estate, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll be that is hey, crazy. I will not do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not buying a Minecraft type beat. <laughs> like, nah, I'm, I'm good on right. that. The thing is, I know when mm. I used to play games like that, or like even I've heard so many games, games is really bad because it's not literal. It's just a game, you know? It's just mm. a game. But there's certain games, and I've noticed a lot of games have become like this to where it's like, no, I literally don't yeah, have all this money. However, my character in this game has all sorts of stuff and I need to keep investing all my time and investing all this and you invest all this stuff into something that's not even just meaningless in eternity but it's even meaningless in this own life because you're investing so much into this character into this game and eventually as mm-hmm. we've seen we're seeing a shift with a lot of stuff I know they're talking about stuff with metaverse and stuff I won't go too much into that but I know that's yeah. big on virtual reality for example and yeah. the, point, the reason why I bring up that point is because no, we may not actually be rich, but you may have a lot of possessions or you may think mentally you have a lot of possessions. And for example, in a game or in a virtual reality, or even if it's not mm-hmm. a virtual reality, it may just be things you have. Are you overly mm-hmm. obsessed with this? Are you overly obsessed with that? Yep. Are you willing to give all that up? Rich isn't rich in this context because even the disciples, they were convicted. They said, this is... How, who could be saved? And God said, that's not possible, but with God, with the spirit that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. with this Holy Spirit living inside of us, the spirit, Jesus' life gives yeah. us spirit. That gives us the ability to conquer over these desires, to give up mm-hmm. all for the glory of God. The other point that really stood mm-hmm. out to me is that 
looking at the difference between what a lot of people talk about as legalism versus faith. So mm. when it talked about here, he said, Oh, I follow all your commandments. You know, I'm keeping the yep. law. You know, I'm doing, a, I'm doing all this. I'm doing that. I'm living a good Christian life. I'm a good person. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> that's an issue with that in general. Yeah. But even, yeah. even outside of that, obedience comes first. I will say that I'm not, my goal here is not to talk about obedience. I do think that there are certain things. I don't agree with everybody you view on legalism, but it definitely exists. And when I say that, you you can't do things. You need to follow the commandments, but obedience mm-hmm. precedes the sacrifice. You can't give a sacrifice before your obedience. But mm, after yeah. you're obedient, yeah. living a lifestyle to Christ is a sacrifice. So mm-hmm. after you are obedient to the very basics, the reasonable service, the very basic, the bare minimum, there's still yeah. more. It says there's a reason why in the Bible it says you have to press towards the mark because as you get mm-hmm. closer. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep pushing. There's always going to be something to give up. But the thing is, when you give up something, you're getting something. You're creating capacity. You're creating more room for God to move. You're becoming a better, a better, I can't think of the word, (laughs) but you're becoming a better vessel. That was the word of the Mm, conduit. Okay, yeah. Conduit. Conduit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when you have stuff in the way, yeah, you may get a flow. But if the conduit's bigger, the more that can flow through it. So that's what we have to mm-hmm. press. You can't just earn things. You can't just follow it. It's like you may be yeah. living a good life. You may not be blatantly sinning, but yeah. you may have things that God doesn't have control over. So He may mm-hmm. mess with some stuff that you have. So it's not the fact yeah. that you aren't serving Him, but it's the fact that you're not willing. Focusing on that willingness, mm-hmm. you don't have the faith that God will take care of what you have to give up. Because, for example, Abraham, how we brought him up earlier, did God yeah. need him to sacrifice him? No. Does it make any mm. logical sense? No. No. It no. don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But that's not yeah. what God was looking for. And it become clear became clear by the end of the story that's not what he was looking for. He was looking for that willingness. Even if I promised you this, are you willing yeah. to give that up? The blessing that I gave you, the things that I blessed you with, are you even willing to give that up? God just mm. wants your faithfulness and willingness after you are obedient. Now, I'm not going to just yeah. disregard, you know, you do need to follow his commandments. It says if you love me, yeah, keep of my course. commandments. Yeah. But there's a difference. After your obedience, there's still a sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice, but your life is to be a sacrifice. So obedience, in yeah. a way, is kind of sacrifice. So... We need to make sure that we're not attached to the things of this world and the ways of carnality and to focus on, you know, we do have a give up. There is a cost. There is a cost to being a disciple. There's yeah. a cost to coming to Christ in general. But we also have to come to the realization, get that revelation that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, just coming to the closing passage here, we have Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 27. And it says, starting in verse 23, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, he must give up. You must give up your own way and take up your cross daily to follow me and follow me. And if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you are yourselves lost or destroyed? 
If any man is ashamed of me and my message, the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the father and the holy angels. And I tell you the truth, some standing here will not die before they see the kingdom of God. So we need to make sure that we are willing to give up our own way. Yeah, that that's that's really what it comes down to. Except in God, it it's amazing. And but there's there's more to it. We have to give something else. We're giving Him our way and accepting His way. So when you mm. open your hand and you let go, it's to grab onto something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But some people they just don't understand. They don't understand. Mm-hmm what this cost yeah. is, what we're purchasing, what what the purchase is. And God purchased something we can't purchase with salvation. Yeah. But but we still have to be willing to accept that. And to accept that that is to give up mm. what we have to follow him. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly I, I think we don't weigh the cost enough at times. But another perspective I see is some people they do weigh the cost but in their heads they've had so much happen that in their mind the cost isn't worth it they've added up the cost some of us don't add up the cost and then we'll realize those that have added up the cost that say well i've thought about it and and you know what just man giving up everything in this world what if there's not there's that thing of well the cost yeah i have to give up everything i have for a better life but what if there's nothing after this what if I die and that's in and at the end there's just nothing and there are debates on that and and it but it's crazy to think about that there would be nothing else and and those are different debates you can go into but my perspective I'll take on this and with what we're talking about is if there's nothing left and after we die there's nothingness surrendering your life to God and doing the things of God's work and, and being kind and being generous, I think are going to leave you and are great ways to live anyway. Like I think if there was nothing left, at least it is that you were a good person and that you lived on moral and great values. And the cost would be far worse if you didn't live that. And then, because if you don't live as a Christian and then what we believe is real and God is real and heaven or hell are real and you didn't live the life because you said, well, it wasn't worth the cost. But now you realize the cost would have been worth it and that you would have just had to live a short amount of time. Now you're spending a lifetime of eternity and torture. And I think that's – it's truly – crazy to me that people could say oh i've thought about the cost so you could have discussions with people atheists that say oh i've thought about it but really how could you how could you believe that there's nothing else there's nothing after this and if there wasn't anything after this why would you live that why wouldn't you live your life to what you wanted but but if he was real then uh, because you can debate all day long and fight against somebody and argue with somebody among the proofs and what we have and what we say and how, how to prove god exists and things like that you can have debates but at the end of the day if you're right or if I'm right, you should want to live to be a good person anyways. But if I'm right and you're wrong, that's worse for you. I'm sorry. If I'm wrong, at least I lived a good life and I and I will die 
And if there is nothingness, then that's okay. I lived, a, I lived a respected life that I did things and lived my life and people respected me and I, and I left some good in this world. And if you're wrong, then it's, it's eternity of torment. And that, that's crazy to me that, that, that people could believe that the cost is not worth it. Yes. And it's mentioned in our, the end of our podcast. I know we kind of talked about something similar in one of the earlier episodes. And at the end mm-hmm. of our podcast uh, theme, it says, you yeah. know, if we're wrong, this is from a snippet. I know our podcast yeah. is made from our podcast theme is made off of a bunch of different snippets from earlier. Yeah. Podcasts. Intro. Yeah. And the last one, it says, if we're <laughs> wrong, that doesn't mean anything, you know, it, yeah. but if we're right, you know, and they were wrong, you know. If yeah. What the people he was talking about were wrong. What would that life be like? And we yeah. said that we're not talking about just this life, and that it does impact mm. this life because you you're living a selfish life. It's less, at the end yeah. of the day, coming to Christ is becoming selfless, mm-hmm. and that's that doesn't mean you don't enjoy anything in this life, but it's selfless. Mm-hmm. We're first serving God, then we serve others, you know, and we serve our family, and we serve, you know, when you get married, you serve your wife. And you still mm-hmm. honor your parents. So you, you still serve other people. It's not saying, yeah. you know, from the verse verse that we're not to help anybody else. But yeah. at, above all else, you know, I have yeah. to be saved. Above everything else. And yeah. you know, we have a couple of notes right here just talking mm-hmm. about when we apply this, not just to ourselves and our ministry and our walk with God, <laughs> but being a disciple, we need to. And I know we've talked about it in a couple other podcasts, but we really need to start being a little bit more honest about salvation because salvation yes it's a progression mm-hmm. salvation you know some people debate whether oh do you just call on the name of the lord and you're saved oh do you have to be mm-hmm. baptized and that's it and you're saved or do you have to receive the holy ghost and be saved but at the end of the day yeah. i believe it all i believe you're mm-hmm. right when you say when you call on the name of the lord you'll be saved i believe when the, you're yeah. right when you say you're believed but it's a progression that's the thing mm-hmm. so yeah you know you can't just you know you can't buy just buy salvation but it is it's more you're mm-hmm. giving up you're more you have to give up more to get so when salvation with it being a progression yes it starts with belief and then that mm-hmm. belief it turns into repentance and that repentance mm-hmm. wants to make you follow God and you want to mm-hmm. start being obedient and in that obedience you Absolutely. will follow God when he said you know you must be born of the water and the spirit and then you want to be born again because that's how you get the spirit and you know you get born again of the water and of the spirit so it's a progression it's not just the one and then after that i know a lot of people who do believe that in all this to be saved yeah they stop there they stop there mm. or they may yeah. change their clothing and they stop there yeah but mm. the thing is there's no making it with christ while we are still in this earthen body we make it where we are done with this life so as long as you are here you still have a mission to go out and to teach others about salvation. You still have a mission to go more and do more. But a lot of times we're not honest about salvation. A lot of times mm-hmm. we can, I know we talked about in another podcast, so I won't go too much into it about we want to sell the gospel and it's okay to market mm-hmm. it. It's okay, you know, to, yeah. You, but we need to be honest. Some people are not going to be ready. Like I said, some people are not going to be ready the first time you talk to them. But if you're honest yeah. the first time, They'll know when they hit that point. Mm-hmm. And when they get that chance, everybody's going to have a visitation. Everybody's going to yeah. have a moment mm-hmm. where they were exposed to Jesus Christ. It says that in the Bible. Yeah. 
So Absolutely. when they have that moment and they make it through, they'll know that the cost it may be worth it, and it's going to be up to them to decide. That's our that's part of our free will is to decide to choose to love God. And salvation it is both a battle and a commitment. You know,、mm-hmm. we still have. It says we have a spirit. You know. Inside of us, when we come to Him. Now, if you haven't、yeah. came to Him yet, you don't have it. I'm, I hate to break it、yeah. to you. If you haven't came to Him yet, you don't have it. That's why、yeah. you need to get it. And、mm-hmm. I encourage you. You know, you can get it right now in your room. Yeah, absolutely. But after that, it's a battle because we're groaning. It says we're groaning、yeah. because we still have this flesh. So yes,、mm-hmm. we have a cost, but we have to fight the flesh. It says there's two natures fighting fight, within、yeah. us. It's the、mm-hmm. spirit in our flesh. Part of us wants to do good, and part of us, let's be real, part of us doesn't want to be good. Part of us wants to be、mm-hmm. the villain, you know, or part of us、mm-hmm. wants to, you know, just serve ourselves.、Yeah. Part of us wants to be selfish, and that, that's、mm-hmm. that's that battle. Salvation is progression. Salvation, it's easy to accept,、yeah. but it's something that has to be maintained. It talks about sanctification、yep. in the Bible, continually renewing yourself. If you sin, going straight back to God and repent, like you know. But even if you haven't sinned. It's still a commitment that I'm not going to serve this flesh. Instead, I'm going to put it into subjection. I'm going to put my desires, and、mm-hmm. I'm going to be willing if I have to give up everything, even my own life. There's plenty of people in other countries that have already have to do that, and I'm not、mm-hmm. saying that it's just going to be like that here tomorrow in America or some of these other nations that don't have to worry about that. But it predicts in the Bible.、Yeah. I'm going to be real with you. It predicts in the Bible that there's going to be times where you might have to do that. And、mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that we believe in the rapture, and I'm not saying you know、mm-hmm. I definitely believe in the rapture too. Don't get me wrong, I、mm-hmm. believe it, it does say in the Bible that you will be taken up, but the timeline is not guaranteed. It says in that、Absolutely. scripture where it says one will be taken, you know, and that we will be taken up. It says in the last trumpet, and if you read in Revelation, that last trumpet is after all sorts of bad stuff. That even was through the Great Tribulation, but it also says we won't know the time or the hour. So, while you know nobody will know exactly when the rapture is, I don't want that to put us into a place of complacency. We have to be willing to、yeah. endure. If the Hollywood rapture, if the Hollywood rapture that happens, we all we we were living okay life. We got taken up, and then everything went bad. But、mm. are you willing? Are you willing、mm. to live through that for God? Are you willing、yeah. to be pressed? I know there's a part in Corinthians where it talks about, you know, we are cast down, but we're not destroyed. You know, we're persecuted, we're not perplexed. You know, are you willing、mm. to give all that? It's the willingness. That's that's ultimately、mm. what the cost is. It's not just、yeah. obedience, but it's willingness、yeah. and obedience. Obe- willingness, obedient yeah, and willing. Are you yeah, willing? Absolutely. To count the cost, and are you willing not only to see the good of it? But to see, you know, what it requires. To whom much is given,、yeah. much is required.、Amen. And、yeah. you don't have to have any qualifications. You, it's not asking you to be perfect. It's asking for willingness.、Mm-hmm. Willingness, absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to: we were never promised it would be easy. We were never promised this life would be easy. But God will be there for us. And I think it's so true that. If you just count the cost, it'll be worth it, and and I love how he said that. It's never guaranteed the rapture when the rapture will happen. Like he said, it could happen before or after. But 
what if it happens in 10 minutes from now? What if, or forget the rapture. What if you pass away? You never know. Your time is never said. You need to make sure that you're counting that cost now because you don't have till tomorrow to count the cost. You don't have all the time in the world. What it is. If it's, if the rapture happens a long time from now, if it happens soon, we don't know. But never, and I was, t- I was just talking with um, my grand, my grandfather today, and he said, your time is never guaranteed. You need to make sure you live today. Live today. Count that cost today. Because if tomorrow's not guaranteed, why would you put it at risk? Why would you put yourself at risk to not counting that today? And I think that's just so important to this day and age. And we thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast and be willing to sit here and listen to us and and really count the cost for yourselves. And we hope this leads to greater discussion. And, and we know that this conversation, we've had forms of this conversation so many times, I know, where we've just talked about what it takes to be a Christian, what it takes to do all of this, and what is the cost. And we love talking about this. And we hope you love um, hearing about what we have to say shortly in these this short time. And we love, and we, no, we honestly, I feel like what we do a lot of times in podcasts is we, we open up the door for another one to open up i know from like three different ideas from different podcasts this this one comes to together in and i I just love that we love talking to you guys and hopefully you love listening and we hope it encourages you guys to have conversations like this with people and and it doesn't have to be in podcast form just to have conversations like this and and really find out for yourself this don't listen to what we say about the cost find out for yourself what that cost really is yes i was just talking with a friend too as we're closing out and we were actually at bible study but there's so much stuff. Even I know we get so caught up in, for example, MCU, the Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe. There's so much to talk yeah. about. But yeah. if you really break down the Bible, though, it's yeah. 20,000 times more complex and interesting mm. if you look. Yeah, if the you look for is, it. Yeah. People, believe it or not, especially even Christians, I know there's a lot of people that aren't willing to actually talk about the Bible like that, or they they may be willing. There's actually a lot of people, let me rephrase that. There's a lot of people who are willing, but since nobody starts that conversation, Mm -hmm. nobody will do it naturally. We're not actually gonna do that. But if you ignite that conversation, you know, whether that be a complex topic in Christ, you know, a complex topic in the Mm -hmm. Bible, or something simple. People, believe it or not, actually like to listen into these conversations. I know I work Mm -hmm. at somewhere and we kind of, I had a friend at work that we said we were like trying to be evangelists there, but we will always spark conversations with people, whether they believed in God or not. It would surprise you how many people have something to say or just want to hear, you know, you talk about some sort of topic. So that's one thing I'll encourage you is Mm -hmm. make sure that even in your friendships or even in just normal conversations, bring up topics from the Bible. People like to talk about it. So just be willing to talk about it. Be the fire igniter. Be the conversation starter. And Mm -hmm. I pray, Lord, that I pray, Lord. (laughs) I start to get into a prayer. I'm I'm, going to drag this episode (laughs) out. We're already going way, way beyond but I pray <laughs> that God will guide you and that he will prompt you in the spirit to start these conversations and just to help you to become a better disciple as you come closer to him. But I pray that you all have a blessed day and that you have a wonderful rest of this year. God bless. God bless.